Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. It is Monday. It is August the 9th, and uh, I hope you had a wonderful weekend wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this. My love to you, uh, and uh, I'm grateful that you are desirous to break open God's Word, let it take root within you uh, as I do. And so thanks for joining me today on this podcast. Uh, Okay, so we are uh, back to Matthew. We took off uh, last um, last Friday for a feast day, right? Uh, and uh, and so we are back on our regularly scheduled program. Uh, we jumped from Matthew 15 to Matthew 16. Who do you say that I am? Last Thursday. Now we're jumping to Matthew 17. So we're just booking through these chapters as of late. Today uh, we're going to have kind of an odd story, not a well-known story. Uh, I suspect you may remember it, but it's kind of weird. But it's Matthew 17, verses 22 to 27. Okay? So let's break open God's Word together. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. As Jesus and his disciples were gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is to be handed over to men. And they will kill him, and he will be raised on the third day. And they were overwhelmed with grief. When they came to Capernaum, the collectors of the temple tax approached Peter and said, Does not your teacher pay the temple tax? Yes, he said. When he came into the house, before he had time to speak, Jesus asked him, What is your opinion, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth take tolls or census tax? From their subjects or from foreigners? When Peter said, from foreigners, Jesus said to him, Then the subjects are exempt, but that we may not offend them. Go to the sea, drop in a hook, and take the first fish that comes up. Open its mouth and you will find a coin worth twice the temple tax. Give that to them for me and for you. My friends, the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So I think this one kind of gets lost, doesn't it? Uh, When Jesus is talking about taxes, we often think of the render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, whose, whose inscription is on the coin. Well, then... Give to Caesar what is his, and give to God what is God's. But here we have a, a, a different question uh, about taxes and a different outcome. We're talking about fishing and taking that fish and opening it up, and magically there's a coin in there to pay the, uh, the tax. So I'll be honest, this, this gospel is, I've been, I've been kind of chewing on it all morning. Uh, it's late morning here in Sheboygan, Um, but uh, I I think it makes sense to me when I pair it, brothers and sisters, with the first reading, but on its own, it's kind of odd. So let's break that open. So what was the first reading about? I won't read it for you, but it comes out of Deuteronomy. Now, um, for those who aren't familiar with the book of Deuteronomy, it's the fifth book, in the uh, in the law in the Pentateuch in the in the new or excuse me the Old Testament the Jewish 
uh, scriptures. And those first five books, those books of Moses, those were the most important. And Deuteronomy, uh, its name even means this. It's the second telling of the story. So it's just before the Jewish people enter into the Holy Land and take it. And Moses, who is not going to enter into the Holy Land with them, remember, he struck the rock twice. And uh, for whatever reason, that offended God. And, uh, and God said to him, you will not enter the Holy Land with the people, but instead Joshua will lead them in. So before they go in, Moses is giving them a synopsis of everything they've learned through their journey together, through their exile in Egypt and the slavery that uh, they, they felt and uh, were, were placed under, uh, through their exodus, right, through the Red Sea or the Reed Sea as it's called, uh, through their journey to Mount Sinai, uh, where they were God's people, and they said yes to that, and God said yes to them, and they, they received the commandments to their wanderings in the desert. And he's basically retelling this whole story for them. But right now, today's reading, he's saying, listen, you're going to go and you're going to enter into this land, and you're going to capture it, and you are going to be the, the people that dictate the norms and the culture of what this land's going to be. And what we need to do when we have the power and the authority to be able to do that is we need to do it in the image and likeness of God. So he's reminding them who God was for them. And what he does is he reminds them particularly of, remember, you were foreigners in a foreign land in Egypt. And remember the oppression that you were under. So when we enter into this new land, we must welcome the foreigners. We must welcome the, the widow and the orphan. We must treat outcasts with compassion. All these things that we were not treated with when we were in Egypt, we must learn from them because we need to set up a society and a culture that is based on the compassion of God. Now, I'm using some of my own words in there, but effectively... That's what Moses is saying. Is he saying, we cannot be oppressors such as the Egyptians oppressed us. Okay? Now, fast forward to our gospel today. And, uh, and what we see is Jesus is in Capernaum. Now, remember the temple. Don't, don't confuse the temple with the synagogue. Synagogues were in all the local uh, towns. Capernaum had a synagogue. Nazareth had a synagogue. We know that because Jesus, when he went back to his home, went into the synagogue to pray, right? That was your local, think of, of uh, in our local towns, we have churches. That was kind of it. But the temple was the center of the Jewish life, and that was only in Jerusalem. That's where the sacrifices took place. Okay, so they're in Capernaum. Capernaum's in the north, quite a ways away. That's in Galilee, then you go through Samaria, that whole region of Samaria, before you get to Ju Judea, Ju Judah, uh, and Jerusalem is the capital down there. So again, they're, they're a good hundred miles north, away from the temple. But that doesn't stop the collectors of the temple tax from approaching them. So what, what happens is they're in Capernaum again. The collectors of the temple tax approach Peter and say, hey, hey. We're here collecting for the temple tax down in, in Jerusalem. 
um, does your teacher pay? And and Peter's like, sure, sure he does. Just kind of putting them off. Uh, he really just wants them to go away. So he says, yes. So he goes into the house, and Jesus asks him a question, even before Peter can go up and say, hey, we're, we're being accosted by these temple temple people, the temple tax collectors. Now notice here that Jesus doesn't call him Peter, right? Remember, he just renamed him from Simon to Peter last chapter, chapter 16. You are rock. You are Petros. You are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. But here he's calling him Simon again because he's not very rock-like. He, he just, right away, he answered the collectors um, just to get him off his back. What is your opinion, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth take tolls or census tax? From their subjects or from foreigners? Well, Peter answers, from foreigners. And Jesus says, well, then the subjects are exempt. But that we may not offend them, go do this, you'll get the tax and you'll give it to them. Which tells me, one, Jesus has not been paying the tax to the temple because he's a subject, right? The Jewish people are the subjects of the temple. Um, but but he's not putting Peter in a in a poor position, uh, which is uh, again, gosh, that's so good of Jesus. But effectively, and the reason I brought up the first reading today is he's bringing up this system. From whom do the kings of the earth, those in authority, from whom do they take tax? From the foreigners. They oppress the foreigners, because the subjects then. You know, hey, we, we skate by. And what he's effectively doing is saying, these people that are taking the temple tax, they have, have um, taken that position of authority. I won't say kingship because it, it certainly wasn't that, but a position of authority that they were um, oppressing. That might be too hard of a word, but that's the subjugating the very people that use the temple. My point here is they become like the Egyptians and they were oppressing and they'd forgotten the, the society and the culture with which they were going to uh, build upon, which was in the image and likeness of God. They've gone from being a compassionate people to one that's subjugating, that is oppressing, that is... Um, is, is overtaxing. That becomes the rich and the poor, the haves and the have-nots. And, uh, and I think, brothers and sisters, we can learn from this. And I think it's important that we do. Um, I want to say, and I think it's important, that the Jewish leaders of the time, they weren't bad people. They weren't just, you know, again, remember, we, we carry all within us these wheat and these weeds. But what they've done is they, they've forgotten who they were. They'd forgotten uh, their story, meaning the story of the Jewish people. And they'd, they looked around and they saw what the Romans were doing for them. They were oppressing them, of course, and they were overtaxing them. And they built their systems like the Romans had. And they did that and, and subjugated and oppressed their own people for the higher ups in Jerusalem the high priests, the Sanhedrin, the, those, it was their own system and they mocked and imitated uh, the, the empire 
And so they subjugated their own people to that. They'd forgotten who they were. My friends, I say that they're not bad people because I don't think you and I are bad people either. I think we have a desire. I suspect just like the, the people in authority back then, we have a desire to live in the image and likeness of God. But brothers and sisters like them, I think we can forget. I think we can look at the world around us and see how the world reacts and, and treats people, whether it's the rich versus the poor, whether it's whatever in-group versus whatever out-group, and you can put whatever names you want to around there, because I know I could. Um, but it, it, it defines who's in, who's out at various times, and it's okay to treat those who are not in, 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 a, in a, with less dignity. Let's just say it that way. And I think, brothers and sisters, when we are tied to our God well, when we are people of memory, when we are people who remember not only that you and I are created in the image and likeness of God, but so are, are whatever group we're a part of. Uh, when we remember that as individuals and as a group, I think we are at our best. And we don't fall into these habits like we're seeing in our gospel today. And I think when the Jewish people were at their best, they didn't do that either. But brothers and sisters, when we forget, when we fail to, to be connected to our God, Remember, we talked last week the importance of that vocation of prayer to, because our vocation is with unity. It's with relationship with our God. I can't under or, or oversell that. Excuse me. I can't oversell it because it's so important because it helps us remember. And when we remember, we act out in that ways in our families, in our workplace, in, with our friendships, all those ways. We treat people with dignity. There's no in or out. There, it's just this one culture, and that culture is a culture that welcomes the oppressed and the foreigner and the outsider and the, and the widow and the child. Anybody who is, is lesser than, who has need, we welcome them. But when we forget, and, and again, forget can be just tired, or we get overly busy, and, uh, or, or we're, we're you know, taken up with, with something that we're excited about. None of those things are bad, but we just forget to make time or we fail to make time and therefore we become more in the image and likeness of the culture around us which does create in and out good and bad um, and does create categories and it builds walls brothers and sisters let us be people of memory let us be people of relationship first and foremost with God and when we are you know, I think I, I've told you this before. Um, it's, this was 20 years ago. Gosh, oh, I think over, well, let's say 20 years ago. I was at a conference out in Anaheim, the uh, L.A. Religious Ed Congress, and there was a, a speaker uh, who was giving a keynote. And he said a simple phrase in the middle of his speech. And I couldn't tell you what he talked about for that 45 minutes except this one line, which is, all our job is, brothers and sisters, is ministers. And every one of us is a minister. We are baptized into that ministry, right? Priest, prophet, and king. All we have to do is connect people to Jesus. Because Jesus won't leave anybody behind. That's all we have to do. And first and foremost, my friends, we can't connect anyone with Jesus if you and I aren't connected. All we have to do is make sure we are connected because we won't leave anybody behind either that way. Because that's what Jesus does. He brings with him everybody. 
And, uh, and that's our role today, is to remember to be people of memory, to be people of a relationship, to be people of unity, who don't forget but to create a culture with whatever groups, whatever families, whatever companies, whatever churches we're a part of, to create a culture that is formed in the image and likeness of God that doesn't fall into subjugating and oppressing and authority and power. Because when we do, we will imitate the world and we will have insiders and outsiders like those who collect the temple tax and oppress the very subjects who are there to use that temple to be united with God. Instead, they create divisions. Um, yeah, talked long enough. Um, in fact, longer than I expected to. I hope that makes sense. Again, as always, I welcome your comments if you've got any or disagreements. PD is in Paris Director and then my name, J-O-E, Z is in Zebra, E, N is in Nancy K, PDJoeZenk at gmail.com. I would welcome uh, anything and, as always, would welcome guests, um, guests on this podcast. I love that and I look forward to that. So just give me an email. Let's pray, my friends. So we begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, we are on the luminous mysteries this week. The first luminous mystery, the baptism of Jesus. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. 
O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. My friends, be well. Have a wonderful Monday. And uh, I look forward to us breaking open God's word again tomorrow. God's peace.